Welcome back to the Acta Number Book Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to bring an amazing guest, no other than Dakota Robertson. Um, if you know him, congratulations, you're on the right side of life. And if not, then you're in for a treat. Uh, Dakota is a Canadian killer copywriter and assistant marketer. He's not American like most people think, but personally, he's my favorite Twitter writer, and we're going to talk a little about that later. Uh, he's also a ghostwriter, pineapple pizza connoisseur, which I'm far very <laughs> strange. I don't know how you like that, man. But anyway, it must be, maybe it's your secret for the games. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, now, jokes aside, uh, he's also a digital nomad and founder of Growth Ghost, a business that trains the top 1% social media ghostwriters. I'm a huge fan of Dakota's work and his motivational yet educational content, which is why I wanted to bring him on. And so I'm extremely pumped for this episode because not only I want to get you the juicy tips of growth with him, but I also find him a very interesting, mysterious, humble, and funny person that I want to get to know more. So yeah, with that said, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Acta Nombrega podcast. I'm Menti, and here we'll talk about business, freelance, mindset, education, mental health, life, personal growth, and everything to help you overcome your fears, know yourself, and create the life and career of your dreams. Each episode aims to provide you with motivation, inspiration, and advice to take control, achieve your goals, and elevate your life so you can take action, because we believe in deep, not words. Episodes in English and Spanish every week. Yeah, thank you. That's a, I got the hell of an intro there, so appreciate you. <laughs> So Dakota, for those who don't know you, who is Dakota Robertson? And I know you're an amazing storyteller, so take it away. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I'm amazing. I'm working on that, but uh, you are. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. I I just refer to myself as like a jack nerd. Uh, <laughs> I I like to geek out on different things, but I'm also kind of got like the Chad uh, stuff going on. But uh, yeah, so I got into online business around years ago before that i was trying all these different things like drop shipping trying to blog uh different i don't know iphone flipping stuff like that didn't really resonate with me so i never stuck with any of that and then stumbled across twitter because i was on crypto twitter and came across like the entrepreneur side uh but long story short just came across copywriting web design i was like oh that's cool uh saw someone was doing ghostwriting guy named jk molina kind of dived into that realm and grew my own account and started offering it for other people and then eventually scaled my business and then um, leveraged my audience to train other people in ghostwriting what I did. And uh, that's uh, that's the short summary of it. <laughs> okay, no, it's great. Um, basically, uh, I, I think I told you about this, but I'm a huge fan. Have you ever heard uh, the, the Diary of the CEO podcast? Yes. Yeah. This is oh, actually weird. It's weird. It. You you mentioned it like a week ago and then it started popping up in my YouTube. No so it's, yeah. Your so phone's I'm listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but the thing is, I'm, I'm obsessed with how Stephen Bartlett's, uh, you know, how his personality comes across and like he takes the best out of people, like he makes the right questions. And so this is one of the things that I want to do with this podcast because yeah, I could be here sitting and asking you all of the tips that you share on your social media, but I also want to know the person behind it. So when I talk to people, my main goal is to understand them better and to see where they come from, right? So, I mean, I can see your accomplishments. I can see, 
you know, everything you do right now and, you know, how far you've come. But like, I want to know why that happens. And it's, it's interesting because you recently posted a tweet. You said you're one fuck away from a life changing opportunity. So I guess my question is, what was your fuck it? Yeah. So I've had multiple <laughs> fuck it moments. Um, but some of the most life defining ones was when I was 19, I was working as an electrician and I was working 12 to 14 hour days every single day um, in the oil and gas industry. So like away from everybody and these like out in the wilderness kind of place, cold as hell because I'm in Canada and just working all the time just to make money. And I was just miserable because I was surrounded by miserable people. I'm more of a creative person. So doing like laborious stuff, I just don't like it. And I was, I was very miserable. And at the time, I was listening to a podcast <clears throat> podcast from Jor Jordan Harbinger, uh, and he mentioned that he traveled to Vietnam and it was like a life changing experience. And I just remember I was I was knee high, literally like knee high in mud on a job site, and I was looking out and I saw the most beautiful sunset ever. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, is this what I got to look forward to for the next few years? Like, I'm. I'm not doing this. And uh, that's why I made the decision. I'm like, okay, let, let's go travel. Let's go see what's out there. And worked that job for a few more months. Eventually um, got my ticket for to go to Thailand, Vietnam. Uh, went on that trip and it was, it was, it was amazing. It really, it really opened my eyes up to what I valued, which is freedom and just being able to go where you want, when you want, do what you want. And I just fell in love with traveling. I backpacked a month in Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia, and I just absolutely loved it. I'm like, okay, I want a lifestyle where I can just do this whenever. Um, so I came back from that trip, went back to working as an electrician, but I had this desire. like, I need to find a way to be able to say, fuck this job and go, yeah. go live the life I actually want. And yeah, so that was one of the big defining moments in my life was actually like, I've never like traveled anywhere on my own. Like, let's just book this trip. And that really opened my eyes up to a lot was of things. Was that your first time outside Canada or no, I went to, to the US? I went to Mexico, but I don't really count that because I was a, uh, that was when I was 16. I went with my girlfriend at the time and it was on a resort. So I wasn't really traveling. Yeah. But that was like, yeah, that was the first big trip. And I remember getting off that plane. That's when it really hit me. It's like, oh shit, like I'm across the world right now. And thankfully, I had my, my best friend with me at the time. So we got to experience it together for the first two months. Um, I did a month alone in Cambodia. And that was that was cool. Um, but yeah, I was like, holy shit moment. Like, that's kind of like, felt like a rite of passage. Like you, you're, you're around all this comfortable stuff. When you're growing up, and you're the familiar and all that. And then you just throw yourself into the fire and you're exposed to all this new shit, you don't know what's going on and all that. And just building up your confidence while you're abroad and just kind of proving yourself, Oh, I can handle myself. I am okay. And all of that, that was, that was huge for me. Um, and I, th I think there's two other moments. One was while I was working as an electrician, while everyone else was buying these like lifted trucks and all this nice stuff and all whatever I, this is at during the time of 2018, but I invested like almost all of my money into crypto and people thought it was fucking crazy. So there's like, what are you doing? Like it just crashed and like the crypto's dead and all that stuff. I'm like, no, no. Like I, I just went against the whole grain because I just saw like the potential and 
I listened. I, I don't think I'm a genius. I just listen to smarter people than me. And I was like, these guys are smart. They're talking about crypto. I have a very open personality. So I was listening to what they're saying. I was like, yes, this makes sense. Like in three to five years, this could just blow up. So I just put like probably 70, 80% of my paychecks into crypto. People thought I was fucking nuts. And it just kept going down for the next two, three years. And I just kept putting money in. I was like, no, no, it's going to put in money. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I looked like a fucking idiot for those two, three years, but then it popped and I looked like a genius. Um, so that was another, another thing. I was like, Oh shit, that was, that was cool. Um, and then I think probably the biggest, the biggest fuck it was when I, I was in my second year of college. Cause I just went job to job. Um, just, just to make money and try to, I don't know, figure out what I wanted to do. So I was like, fuck it. I'll be a high school English and psychology teacher. But I was, that was my plan B because I was like, I need to find something while I'm in college. Like I need to find something to make, to make it work with entrepreneurship or something in business or real estate. And uh, I just, during the second year of my college, uh, my college journey, I stumbled across Twitter or the entrepreneur Twitter. And I just Wait, what year? What year was this? This was 2020. This was 2020, okay. September of 2020. Okay. And I... I remember was, I found this course, it was September 17th of 2020. I wrote about it in my journal, but I found this course and it showed you how to grow your Twitter account. I was like, okay, screw it. I'll, uh, I'll give this a go. Um, and I just, I got introduced to this like business side of Twitter and all that. And I was, I was learning more in Twitter in the Twitter realm than I was in college. Cause in college, they make you take all these courses that are irrelevant to what you actually want to do. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, why am I doing this? Um, but I, I basically was like, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go all in on Twitter. I'm gonna finish up the semester. And then I'm just gonna say, screw it. And just dive into Twitter. Um, because I was, I just, I don't know, like, I don't know how I'm gonna make this work, but I'm gonna make it work. So I dropped out of college, uh, after my first semester in my second year, and I quit my job. And I, I restarted my Twitter account because for the three months I was growing it in college, I only grew to 750 followers. I was like, I got to restart, try a different approach. So I had zero followers, zero job, uh, dropped out of college, went all in on Twitter. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to make this work. And lo and behold, I was starting to get some traction with the new approach, uh, grow my followers and all that. And, uh, eventually just compounded and I just learned different skills along the way and matched them together to, uh, to build a business and grow my following even more and connect with other people. And that was the best decision of my life is taking that, that risk. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. And it's interesting that you have, I'm, I'm thinking by listening to you, do you have this all or nothing mentality often or just with business? (laughs) Yeah, I think, so like a lot of people, in my opinion, they go through life and they're playing it safe or they're like, oh, one day I'll do that thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like that with, with many things. But, you know, you just get in that pain point for long enough. And mine was just working jobs I just hated or I didn't like. Yeah. And you're just in that pain point for long enough. And you're like, fuck it. Like, am I going to do this my whole life or am I actually going to grow some balls and just say fuck it and look like an idiot for a while but try to make this thing work and that's what 
that's that's what motivated me was being in that pain point and just saying fuck this i can't like i know what the alternative is if i stay here uh i'm just gonna go out and try this thing because i mean risk to reward like i'm i'm young i don't have responsibilities all that stuff it's like sure i could try it and fail but then i'm just back where i'm at i don't have anybody depending on me but if it works like my life has fucking changed and my life has changed because of it yeah definitely and i couldn't agree with that more maybe that's because i have adhd who knows (laughs) i think that yeah because if you don't you know, let's say that you're not all in with something, then you're not giving, you're not giving it all your energy. So it's not going to happen, right? So you're maybe betting, you know, a little bit here. And and yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I do believe that you don't have to put all of your eggs in one basket because, you know, something could go wrong. But if you don't go all in with something that you're truly passionate about or you really want in your life, and how are you going to expect to get it, right? So it makes a lot of sense that you did that. And so, well, something that I also wanted to talk about is in your post, you not only talk about copywriting and ghostwriting, but you also talk a lot about uh, personal development. And I'm a sucker for personal development too, because I too, I, I kind of feel very much compelled by your story because it's like very similar to mine. I mean, uh, back in school, I was also bullied because of my weight. I got into weights and the gym and became obsessed with that. And those things, you know, uh, I was just listening to uh, one of your interviews where you said that that back in school, you overheard a comment that really stuck with you. And that also made you change your life because you got into weights. And for people who are listening and maybe never lifted weights, I've been doing that for uh, seven years now, and I can safely say that it changed my life. I think I think it was the catalyst for the change in my life. So when my dad died, um, I began. It was like my therapy. You know, I would go to therapy and it wouldn't help me. But lifting heavy for some reason, like it really helped. And it it was crazy because I was seeing not only how my body was changing, but also how my you know my discipline was changing, how my work ethic was changing and especially like how strong mentally I was because I I wasn't that stable before so it is crazy how it shapes your brain to to do that and I don't know if it's just with weights I guess that it happens with most types of exercises but especially if you do it on your own and again this this goes to show like traveling alone for example that's also a huge huge Uh, personal development uh, help and also like you know uh, starting your own business for me these are like fast tracks to uh, self-development and learning more about yourself so what is it uh, about you that you know you pursue these things that yeah you can go with your body to the gym Uh, you can you know book a travel with a friend you can have a I don't know a business buddy but you know just doing it on your own what what is it about it for you yeah, it's you're reshaping your identity. So back to like the when I talked about like feeling that maximum pain, it wasn't until I felt that maximum pain, like being made fun of and all that I was like, fuck it. I like I can feel this pain and just do nothing about it. But I could also use that as fuel to go into a different direction, and actually make some changes. Um, one thing, one thing I noticed was at first I used that that pain or that I don't know, whatever it was, I used that to kind of run away from who I was, like move, like it felt like I was just like, 
I don't like myself. I don't like who I am. And I would use that fuel in the gym uh, at these like YMCA boot camps. And I would work out until I was, I threw up a lot of the times, but I, it felt so good because I'm like, oh, I am slowly moving away from this identity that I do not like. And I just, it just felt good because I'm like, I'm actually making a difference. And at some, at a certain point, I remember it was, I saw the first changes in my body after like months of working my ass off. I saw the first changes in my body and I, I, I was like, holy shit, like seeing some muscular definition. I looked in the mirror for like 20 minutes, like, this is sick. This is crazy. Like I actually, I got excited with who I was or who I was turning into. And then it kind of switched from, okay, you're escaping who you are or who you were. And now you're moving towards someone you want to be. And then having it where you you work your ass off like consistently and you're getting these little changes little changes little changes but then you finally after months you see this 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 actually noticeable difference that's when it clicks and i think that's when a lot of people get hooked um and then you can adopt that to other areas of your life uh but it's like you got to eat shit for a while and kind of just use that pain to push you through because you're not seeing any changes and that's where a lot of people get uh, that's where a lot of people give up because they're not seeing changes. Mm -hmm. But by understanding, it's like, oh, no, like, you will see changes, you just got to do it long enough. And then once you do, it's like, oh, you get that dopamine hit, and then you want to like chase it further and further. Um, but just realizing, like the gym shit takes time, and so you just got to push through it. And then once you do, you're going to see those exponential uh, gains or returns or whatever. And I applied that mm -hmm. philosophy to, to business, it's like, okay, at the first, you don't know what the fuck's going on, you're just you're just doing shit and seeing what sticks at the wall. But if you do that long enough, okay, you're going to learn, okay, this works, this doesn't. And you just keep like stacking those, those wins and those lessons. And then it just compounds and goes crazy. But so few people get there because they're maybe used to five second TikToks and get those dopamine hits or yeah. video games or whatever. So I'm wrong with those, but like, it can also like fuck you because you're just so used to getting these short term rewards. But if you can learn to understand some shit takes time, um, then you'll just push through those moments where you're like, okay, I'm not seeing results. But I know if I keep doing this, keep following this roadmap, mm -hmm. then I will see results. Uh, so it's a it's kind of like a philosophy, like going to the gym and you don't really get it until you actually yeah. start seeing those results. It makes you a little bit more historic. And I think that it has to carry over effect to your career. For, for example, for me, I'm a foodie like by heart. I was raised by, um, you know, he, people here in Argentina. It's like, um, it's, it's a crazy mixture. It's like in the US, you know, so many immigrants. And from my mom's side, they're all Italian. So imagine growing up with a, she's not Italian, but born into an Italian family. So it's like, eat, 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 you know, uh, and the nonna and like food. And it's, it's crazy because that carryover effect of like being okay no i'm not gonna eat this i'm gonna eat something healthy or no i'm not gonna hang out with you guys today because i have to wake up early tomorrow because i have to hit the, the gym that carryover effect into your business makes a hell of a difference for me so for example when i started copywriting too at first it wasn't like easy you know it, for me it was just a big learning curve and working my ass off for you know for hours and hours and hours or and I would work from like Monday to Monday like 16 hours just to get what I wanted and looking back I do not regret that because like it got me to where I am now but it's I think that 
if I hadn't gone to the gym and build that resilience, I wouldn't have been able to make it, you know, business-wise too. Yeah, it, it shapes your, it's like your, I like to think of it like a video game, like you're leveling up a certain character trait, you know, discipline, emotional uh, resilience, all that stuff. And it like physically changes your brain, like exercise, uh, it makes you more immune to a lot of the bullshit or the stressors you're going to face in business. Like whenever I feel stress, my immediate response is like, oh, I need to go work out to like, I don't know, just get this angst out or whatever. Uh, I think like one pattern I've noticed with a lot of successful entrepreneurs that I know is like they all like prioritize their health and their fitness. I don't think that's a, I don't know, like some coincidence. It's, I think it's a direct, I think there's a direct correlation with uh, success in other areas of your life and how much you prioritize your own health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think, well, except for Elon Musk, probably. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. And uh, But now something that while you were talking, I was thinking, okay, but you learned to love yourself in a way because like you created this new personality, you changed a lot and you improved. But did that uh, change help you look back on, I don't know, that child who was bullied and like learn to love it too? Because I mean, that's part of your story. It's part of your experience and you cannot undo it. So did that help you also like, I don't know, I'm not not gonna say be thankful for it, but at least recognize it and, you know, just accept it as part of you. Yeah, I was actually talking to my therapist yesterday about this, but uh, it's funny, you know, I changed my physical appearance, like when I was 16, that's when I started like getting some muscular, I was known as the jack kid in high school. But everyone saw me as this like certain, through a certain lens, it was like, oh, charismatic or whatever. And I changed my body, like I transformed it, but I didn't feel it in a lot of ways, like, because you condition yourself so much when you're young, like, oh, yeah. I am fat, I am shy, I am like low self-worth. And you tell yourself that narrative enough times and you, you just embody it or like that becomes who you are. And even though I changed my physical appearance, I still felt that in a lot of ways. And I was very insecure, uh, like until like 22, probably. Um, but it, it was just funny, like I changed, you can, yeah, you can go to the gym and like work out and change yourself. But there's also like, there's other aspects of working out and that could be journaling, uh, talking to people, reading books and stuff like that, because there's a lot of unaddressed shit. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of, like, I think everybody should lift weights or like work out and shit, but it's not a catch all fix in all situations. Uh, so that's where you got to do work in other areas and like level up your video game character in other ways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm actually grateful. I went through a lot of bullshit or bullying growing up i was telling my therapist this because i have this insecurity or this kid in me who's very insecure and has like a need to prove himself or feel worthy and that's been one of my biggest drives in life is like in business it's like i am so fucking i'm so dead set on getting results for people and like prioritizing them above my own needs and that's worked out really well in a lot of ways uh because i Maybe it's like validation or or like being a people pleaser and all that, wanting people to like me. I mean, it's worked out in my favor in a lot of ways, but also it's kind of like fucked me in a lot of ways too, because I can put other people's needs above my own and then I can get burnt out or whatever. But uh, 
it's just funny how it shows up in different ways. Um, and you can let it, you can use it as a tool to get ahead, or you can just kind of live a miserable life. And it's, I'm trying to find that balance where um, I, I still get good results. I still prioritize great results for people, but still like finding that, that medium where I'm not putting, I'm still getting my needs met or I'm not deprioritizing my health or, or what I got going on in my life. Um, so it still shows up in, in my life, uh, but I've, I've come to accept it in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, or like learn to, I don't know, accommodate for my feelings or my wants and needs. Um, but yeah, still something I struggle with, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy I have that because I think a lot of people, they think, oh, I made the sale, like sales, sales done, whatever. It's like, no motherfucker, you got to fulfill for them. You got to get crazy results for them. And you got to have like that obsession about helping people. Like that's what business is. It's about helping people. Sure. You're getting paid to do it, but you want to provide more value than you get paid. Exactly. Yeah. And now, so as I was listening to you, it's it's crazy because I hear, I listen to what you say and I, I can relate to that. And it's so, so do you think that one of the reasons where you are doing all of that, not just like getting jacked, but also the Twitter, your business, surrounding yourself with amazing people, people who lift you up, you're in a sense, of course, you're doing it because you want to be happy. Because I mean, in the end, why did we even come here? Like if we could talk about that for a long time, right? But in the end, I mean, we just want to be happy. Um, but um, do you think you also want to prove them wrong in a way? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people. Because I was listening me. to you, and for me, I was like, I want to prove them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like whenever whenever I don't feel like doing something, like going to the gym, for example, I will. I, it's kind of fucked up but i'll just like replay all the times people have like talked shit or, or said whatever i'll just use that as fuel i love it um same with like business too i think there is like a level of compensation like i didn't grow up with money and just i think having that insecurity uh growing up has been a big mm-hmm. driver not my only driver absolutely not but it's been a big driver like why i want to excel at different areas of my life because it kind of like proves something to myself as well it's like you are enough and whatever. And it's kind of maybe I'm fucking wired weird, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad I have that that kind of chip on my shoulder. It's crazy to hear because like for me, the other day actually um, I, I made a TikTok. I was, I was thinking and I was like, no, I, I, want, I want to record this. So it was like, I started to like list my gratitude list and for me like looking back I mean it sounds a little toxic I think I should talk about therapy but yeah I mean I had a fucked up like life too also did not come from money um just for you to have an idea like I always wanted to study English but my dad couldn't afford it so I studied on my own um and it's crazy because now I'm I'm a you know I'm a ghostwriter I'm a copywriter I write for big brands and big personalities. And it's crazy because like I learned on my own. And it, it's, I mean, if you think about it, when you think about everything that you were not blessed with, but you're thankful for that because it made you who you are, even though like the saddest things, like sometimes like my dad passing away, he was like my best friend. And like, for me, I mean, I learned so much out of it. 
I mean, I think it made me who I am. And without it, I, I wouldn't be here talking with you. And yeah, or have lived the experiences that I lived. For example, like, I think I'm, I'm the only person in my family who left the country. And so, and like, I, I paid for everything. I was like, yeah, I, I just want to go to Italy. And like, I booked a flight and like, a few days later, I was in, in Italy. And like, for you to have an idea here in Argentina, like, um, the salary is like, $500 and me working as a copywriter uh I am making sometimes four sometimes five figures a month which is crazy and you know coming from I'm not gonna say poverty like I there was no food right but there was not enough money for education for example and like many things had to be made to get by right so it is crazy how these things build you up and in your case, how did you deal with the scarcity mindset? Because like growing up without money and then even if you make it, you still have that in the back of your head. So how do you stop it from like not ruining your, your entire day? But I do think that mindset is important. I do think that if you get rid of that uh, scarcity mindset, you can make a shit ton of money, much more than you are already making. So how do you deal with that? I think you got to brainwash yourself in a way and that comes from surrounding yourself with people that have the traits that you want and for many people including myself there aren't many people in real life that have maybe the ideal traits you want so that's where you got to go to podcasts you got to go to books youtube videos or people on social media and you got to just condition yourself or consume that content and just wire it in your brain like, oh, like they're talking about this. I like this. And like surrounding yourself around that. So I think the biggest thing holding a lot of people back is their environment. So you're always surrounded by people saying, oh, like be real realistic with your goals or what are you doing? Like all the like talking shit or just say you're not that type of person. You're you're this. You're trying to label you. I think you need to get away from those people. And even if you're alone, like alone, you can go on social media, you can read books, you can listen to podcasts, all of that stuff, and just just drive it into your brain. Like just consume a lot of information from these people. Because a lot of people they don't they don't try shit because they don't think it's possible. And that's yeah. I think that just screws a lot of people. And yeah, and like also this uh this is more so for like first world people like in Canada and US like a lot of people are playing this like victim mindset and they're like oh like fucking life's hard and uh like this happened to me so there's nothing i can do and sure like maybe some cases like severe poverty and like the US and all that stuff but i think for the most part like so many people are soft nowadays it's like oh i'm a victim there's nothing i can do and then they just give up they just, they're, they're giving power to that thing that is mm -hmm challenging challenging them in life no motherfucker like if you have access to the internet and education like you can you can take take those two things and you can build some crazy shit it's i think it's different when you get to like third world or i mean second world i don't know if that's a thing but like not a lot of those even people... there dakota i yeah. mean i'm from argentina i mean yes it's not a third world country in the sense that it's underdeveloped. I mean, it was a very rich country. So you come here and the, the infrastructure is amazing. But yeah, there is poverty here. But those people who are poor, and I keep saying that because I also make content in Spanish so, to teach them how to freelance at least. Um, and they're like, no, well, I can't do it because I don't have the means. Like, what the fuck? You don't have the means. I mean, you have a phone. You're looking at, I mean, you're, you're scroll scrolling through TikTok. 
you have internet access, you have a computer or a phone, you can learn. I mean, I learned uh, copywriting on my own. Then, of course, I, I, I took uh, Alex uh, Gattoni's course. But at first, I didn't spend any single dollar and I learned English on my own. Yes, of course, then I went to uni. Uh, but anyways, I mean, you can do it as long as you have, a, have internet access. That's it. That's what you need. One thing that changed, like this was recently when I was in Colombia. One realization I had was I was I was in Cartagena and me and my friend we went to the like, ghetto market and I remember I was I was there and all around everyone was selling the same stuff they're all just the way they would market themselves like oh agua agua or they're selling whatever and they that's how they say it and what was interesting to me I, I don't know I just had this kind of just realization it's like these people are just repeating what everyone else is doing. Like they don't see, they don't, they don't do anything different. They just do what they see in their environment. And that's when I realized like, education is the most fucking powerful thing out there. It's like a lot of these people in these places, they, they don't get these opportunities because they don't have education. So like, sure, you can, you can have access to the internet and shit like that. But if you don't even know about, uh, copywriting or any of the stuff you don't even know what's like possible it's like, yeah you're not it's even, not gonna show on you know, your algorithm yeah like that's when i realized like oh fuck like education is so important and that's why it's like mandatory in the u.s and, and in canada because a lot of these people they're not npcs but they're just repeating what everyone else is doing and they don't even know any better and that's yeah. was like holy shit i am so grateful i got an education and could even develop some kind of i don't know self-awareness of like there's different opportunities um, but yeah, I agree. I think if you do, ha if you do have that self-awareness and you, you do have the opportunities to use the internet or, you know, about different stuff, then yeah, there's no fucking excuse, yeah. but it's just, it was so interesting to me just seeing I think, everyone's doing the same shit. I think there's also competent, there's an ambition component that not everyone has probably. Uh, some people are like very ambitious, no matter what they do, even if they sell in the street, maybe they end up like opening up a business uh, they start in the street and then they open a business so i think that also comes down to personality but yeah what you're saying is very true i mean when you're surrounded by poverty or people who are barely making it or people who like i don't know going to debt if they want to take a vacation take a few days off yeah it's hard to believe that there's something out there for them because they don't see it but the cool thing about social media, I guess, is like you get to see that and it shows you a world of possibilities. Like you all of a sudden you see people who travel and, and work and like you, I mean, spending, you know, not much living in a uh, third world country or, you know, uh, maybe not third world, but like Canada and the U.S. is expensive. So if you move to uh, even if you move to Europe, a few countries like in the South, then you're going to save a lot of money. And just having that opportunity, I think it's, I, I don't know, I'm so glad that I was born in, in this era because think about it. I mean, we have so many opportunities and some people, they don't see them. And it's because of what you say, it's, it's what they are surrounded with. And so I actually wanted to ask you because I, in a recent post, you tweeted, stay away from friends who tell you uh, your big wins are small and your small failures are big deals. So what I want to ask you about that is because I'm also, I'm struggling to find my people here, let's say, uh, because 
the people that I resonate the most with, they're digital nomads and I, they're constantly traveling. So how do you manage to build, let's say, your tribe or the people um, that you hang out with? You know, people say you're the five people you hang out the most with. And I, I do think that it's a, it's kind of truth. But I do also think that, yeah, well, if you cannot meet those people for some reason, then there's podcasts and interviews and YouTube and books and courses. But in real life, how do you connect with them? Yeah, that's something I haven't nailed. But uh, like one thing, I'll give you an example. So I kind of went lone wolf in my city or like when I was getting Twitter, like building my Twitter and all that stuff. And I just stopped associating with a lot of people and just focused on uh, Twitter and all that. But um, I kind of, I built a network online. So like made friends online. I'd hop on calls and all that. That was amazing. Um, but I became friends with Dan Co. Like I was, I, he coached me at the start, um, came friends with him. But uh, when I, I went to a music festival with him and we all like got along really well. So they offered, hey, do you want to like move in together? I was like, yes, I did it. Um, and I became like in real life friends with people from Twitter but that was because I was willing to move. Like I moved countries to to live with them for a while. Um, but yeah, like finding people in your own city, it, it can be harder, especially if you're in like uh, maybe Argentina or something where there might not be as many, many entrepreneurs. I don't know. Buenos Aires, I guess, mm -hmm. has a yeah. lot. But uh, what I did was I kind of built my network online and it attracted people to me and then you build a big enough audience and then you'll find people that are nearby or, or whatever, and you can connect with them. Like for example, um, the, one of the people I'm living with right now, Taylor Simmons, like I met him through Twitter. He lived in the same city as me, but I, I met him through Twitter, uh, ended up coaching him. And then, uh, he, he became successful with ghostwriting and now he can go wherever. And now we're living together in Panama. Um, so I don't know. It's like, building your online presence and then you'll find different opportunities from that and then maybe there's people living in your city and then you link up and become friends like i've i've met two two to three people um in my own city from twitter and just connected with them um but like finding like if you don't have a big social media presence or or whatever you're gonna have to find a different way and that could be going to maybe conferences I think meetup.com or something. I think there's yeah. sites where you can meet up people with similar interests, stuff like that. But I don't, yeah, I struggle with that for a while. And I know it can be very lonely if you don't have people to share your interests with, because I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, it's like, chances are you don't, you're like the black sheep out of your friend group or your family because yeah. you're choosing this different life and it could be hard. But um, I find connecting with people online, like doing Zoom calls or whatever, that's, that's huge. But yeah, I don't have like a, a crazy formula for finding people. It's hard. I just got lucky, it's, I guess. It's really hard. And it's also important for business too. I mean, networking is important and it's it's really hard, especially depending on where you are. So, um, but what I want to ask you is like, do you think that maybe meeting, even though maybe you don't have like a very big network or, you know, many close friends, do you think that meeting those people helped you become a better copy copy uh, sorry ghostwriter or business owner 100 yeah i owe everything to uh the connections that i made because each person like taught me something different you know like living with dan i 
adopt a different traits or qualities or different perspectives on things from living with him or like yeah. anybody that i associate with like oh that's an interesting thing you do like why do you do that or just kind of observing like the successful patterns and just choosing to adopt that into my own life yeah um yeah and like also just like when times are hard you know being able to talk to other people or or just get their takes on things that's huge or just knowing that you're not going the path alone that's huge i think yeah. that's gotten me through a lot of challenging times definitely so uh, w- one thing that i would like to ask you and uh, that i ask most people who have a business is what would you like to have known before starting your business that you learned along the way maybe a mistake or anything that just the the amount of shit you gotta learn is like a lot like it, it, i think if you think about all the stuff you're gonna have to learn it just becomes overwhelming but um just just understanding like there's gonna be what gets you to like zero to 1k those are that's gonna be a different set of skills that's gonna take you from zero to 10 and then 10 to 50 and then 50 to 100 and then 100 to 200 um you're gonna have to learn different skills along the way and i think if you you just have the mindset oh i just got to learn a skill and then charge money and that's how i i make money it's like yeah that'll get you to a certain point but say to get to 10 to 20k a month you're gonna have to learn systems you'll maybe delegate uh, all this other stuff and then 20 to 50k a month uh like it's just a totally different ball game but i just think a lot of people are like oh i just need to learn a skill it's like no you need to learn a skill but you also need to learn sales you need to learn marketing maybe funnels uh all this stuff so uh, that's a that's a big thing is just not having the mindset. It's like, oh, I just do this and then that's like sure, but you just have to understand like there's it just never ends. Like there's depends how far you want to go, but you have to continuously invest in your uh, education, and that could be mentors, coaches, uh, books, courses, all that stuff, yeah. and just continuously like investing money into your education and not, never think you you made it. Like, be appreciative of how far you've come, but don't think you ever, like, I know everything. This is how it is. Yeah. Also, because the game changes every time. And it's crazy how many hats you have to wear when when you're starting a business. Because, like, you have to juggle among everything. Managing teams or writing everything yourself. Uh, sales, reaching out to clients, you know, lead acquisition. So, so many things. It's, it's, it's crazy. But it's a huge learning a possibility. Like, if you start your own business, I think that, yeah, I mean, you learn so much more than working at a nine to five. I've been in so many nine to fives, big companies, and I never learned more in my life than you know this past two to three years. So it's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's the it's the ultimate form of self development because yeah. you are you are forced to confront your insecurities or your inadequacies. Like you can read a book, you be like, oh yeah, it's a great sales book and all that, but until you hop on a sales call. And and you see how shit you are at sales cards. There's no refuting that you did not yeah. close the deal or you did or you did. It's like, no, I did not. And like that's the thing with like reading books. You can feel good. Oh, I read a book, I read a book a week and all that. It's like, cool. What the fuck have you done with that? It's like a lot of people they don't do anything. They think they know all this shit. It's like you don't know until you do it. And then cause that's when you're confronted. It's like, I'm not closing sales. What the hell? And you're forced to address that. Like, okay, where's the gaps in in this area? Or like marketing, I can't get leads. So like, why is that? It's like, oh, you're forced to confront that. As opposed mm-hmm. to like a book, you just, you don't have that feedback. So it's very, I love it. That's why I love business because you're just forced to level up and you're forced to face the facts. 
Yeah, it's more hands-on. I mean, it's great to learn and to read books, but it doesn't have to end there. And that's why I take, tell most people because they, they're like, you know, they're consuming all the content, they're reading all the books, but they don't take action. Like, yeah. you're not gonna, you're not gonna achieve anything if you don't do that. That's the most important thing. Like, even if you yeah. d- didn't read anything, but you you take action, you are more likely to actually achieve something than if you just you know, read books. But now something I want to ask is what is ghost writing for you? Because I mean, I also work as a ghost writer, but I ghost write books. You ghost write tweets, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, very so- interested in that. So tell me everything and for explain it to a baby for people who yeah. have no idea about it. Yeah. So my one liner on dates is I pretend to be people on the internet. And uh so basically I write content. And then I pay for distribution on that content. So that can be retweets, that can be Instagram story shares, that can be LinkedIn comments. So all I'm doing is writing the content and paying people to share that on who have big audiences to share that content. And if it's good content, that's going to grow their account. So that's essentially what I do. And I do it for Twitter is my main one. I, I, I do it for LinkedIn and I have done it for Instagram as well because I've grown on all those platforms and I understand okay what you need to do. Um, but yeah, essentially, I'm just taking over these people's social media accounts, write content, pay for distribution, grow their account, bam. Wow. So let's say I want to grow my my Twitter account is dead. I mean, I, I barely pay attention to it, to be honest, because like yeah. I said, I mean, I go all in on something. So my all in right now is not Twitter. Because I don't feel like that's my space for now. Mm-hmm. But let's say I want to blow my TikTok account. So I hire your company, right? And mm-hmm. you just, you write the tweets and you, I don't know, you distribute them, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how it yeah. works? Yeah. And I mean, there's different things that factor into growth. So what what is your niche? So if you are in e-com, you're going to grow slower than somebody that's probably in like fitness or productivity because productivity and fitness are applicable to everybody. Ecom, you got a smaller group of people you can appeal to. And also there's not many big ecom accounts that can share your stuff. So it's going to be harder to get that that audience. So you got to think about, okay, what, what section or what niche am I in? And then also how much social proof do you have or how well do you know the subject? The more you know something, the more content you can create, the more insightful posts you can make. Um, also like the more credibility you have, uh, then personality is a huge one. So if you are just super dry and all that, it's like, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, harder to grow. Um, so if you can have like a polarizing personality, like Andrew Tate, like it's going to be really a lot easier to grow. Um, and also like creating actual content, because if you're just writing these platitude fluffy tweets or whatever, it's like sure but there's like millions of those so how are you going to stand out and show that you are someone that knows their shit and actually build build a following but build a brand because i i talk about this often but a lot of people they're just building a following they're just doing the trends like the tiktok dance trends or chat gpt trends and all that sure that's fine but if that's all you're doing you're not building a brand you're building something that that fluctuates with trends so maybe you build a uh, following from a certain trending dance it's like well those people as soon as you start talking about stuff you actually care about they're not going to give yeah, a fuck because it came for the exactly so that's where you got to mix in sure some of the growth stuff like the 
like the platitude tweets and all that, but also like mix in, okay, talk about copywriting. If you're copywriting, actually give actionable advice. And then also talk about your person or talk about your story, share your personality and your tweets. Like I shit post a lot, post stupid shit. Um, but like, that's what like builds a connection with your following is, is being like vulnerable and sharing your struggles, your fuck ups, all of that, because people connect with people. And if you're not sharing the kind of low points or the pain points you went through, then you're just, I don't know, you're not really human. You're just kind of like Superman or something. People, sure, you might impress some people, but I don't think you connect with people. Mm -hmm. I agree 100% with that. And now, so that would be growth ghost, right? Yeah, so I used to, I, I still have a social media agency where I grow accounts, but I, I am not taking on clients right now unless they're like super high profile. Um, because my main focus is training people on how to become ghostwriters. Cause that's what I enjoy. I enjoy teaching and I enjoy, I, my number one value is freedom. And I want to help people go from a life where I was, where, where it was like for me, where I hated my job. I didn't like where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I want to help people ghostwriting is the tool training them and ghostwriting is the tool to live a life of freedom. So that might be the skill that takes them out of their nine to five to uh, have their own business. And then from there, maybe they can use that money to learn new skills or, or I don't know, learn whatever, and then they can go a different direction. But I see ghostwriting as the tool to achieve their freedom, and then they can do whatever they want from there. Um, so that's my main focus. Those are your cohorts, right? And how often do you open that? Like, let's say I want to join. Um, so I've only done one so far. It was like kind of like the pilot one that went really well. Uh, so I'll be launching another one in about a month. I just have to make sure the sales guy is ready. Uh, so he's getting trained by one of the guys. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm good to go for a second cohort. I'm just waiting on like making the marketing material mm-hmm. for that. But yeah, that's uh. Yeah, it's been fucking amazing. Got really good good uh, reviews from people in there and getting them results. So yeah, I'm going to run up another one soon, but I'll do one every few months. That's cool. Well, that's something, I mean, I really, really like your tweets. I don't know what's about them, but I do consider yourself a killer copywriter. So my question is talking about your, your cohorts and, you know, copywriting, basically. What are your biggest tips? for to become a better writer not just a copywriter a better writer i think one of the things that helped me the most was writing every day on twitter and the reason because uh the reason is because writing tweets you're limited with the character limit like 280 characters so that forces you to really cut the fluff and hone in on a single idea and just cut all the bullshit because a lot of people that i think the the education system the traditional education system they taught people okay we need a 2000 word essay or whatever it's like well if you can say it in 500 words why wouldn't you do that so a lot of people are conditioned like more is better all that and yeah. there's just it doesn't work like that in business or or in life like people don't want to read fluff they just want the facts they want whatever and writing on twitter really helps you with that cuz you're getting that feedback too I mean, not at the start because you don't have a big audience, but once you have like a bigger audience, you have the data samples like, oh, this tweet did well. I wonder why. Or this tweet didn't do well. I wonder why. Because you can see the mm-hmm. engagement and all that stuff. So I think it's a very powerful tool uh, just writing on Twitter. Yeah. It's crazy. Is the other day I landed a, 
high paying clients. And it was so funny because I told them I have ADHD, which makes me a, a great copywriter because I have a short attention span. <laughs> so, but it's, it's crazy. And, and something that I would like to, to ask you is um, for the people who have like me, for example, the ADHD, something that is not, I, I don't know, it's not seen very nicely for a client. I mean, I don't think anyone would tell their clients, hey, I have ADHD. Um, but many people listening to this, this podcast, they are bilingual, but they're still scared about like starting writing. And, and even people who follow you, I know people who maybe live in India or I don't know, Pakistan or whatever, and they're scared because English is not their you know, their native language. And me being a non-native English speaker, I made it. And I have ADHD, for fuck's sake. Uh, by the way, you can you can swear if you want to hear. Um, so what do you think? Do you think that embracing what makes you stand out in a negative way could be good if you turn it into a positive? Yeah, some of the strongest writers I know aren't native English speakers. It's actually... Really? Right. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, one person I, I think of is George Ten. Um, another guy, Jake, I forget his last name, but they're like copywriters. But uh, they're they're phenomenal copywriters, and they write better than most people I know. So I think one benefit too is like if you have to learn English, you understand a lot of the the nuances behind it or why certain things are said because you're yeah. actually studying it. Uh, where a native English speaker like me is like, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, but what I would suggest too is use a tool like Pro Writing Aid, and that will give you feedback on mm -hmm. your writing. And so you can you can actually input, oh, I want this conversational, and it'll analyze your your writing. Is it in a conversational style? Also, um, it gives you a bunch of other like features, like what's the grade level that it's at. So typically, you want to write between a third and fifth grade level. You can analyze. Oh, am I using words that or maybe sound too fancy or whatever, like indubitably or something like that doesn't sound like something a native English speaker would say. So right. uh, using a tool where you can get feedback is super, super useful. So I'd highly recommend using pro writing aid. I use that all the time. I never heard of it. I, I might give it a look later, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's really interesting. The other day I uh, interview, there's a girl who, well, she appeared on, I, I think, you know, Alex Catoni, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She's um, amazing. I love her. And now there's a girl who is in her brain uh, program, and she's from Bulgaria. And it's crazy. I, I interviewed her, and she she makes a, a ton of money. She started as a copywriter. Now she's a um, a coach. But something she told me is like, yeah, copywriting uh, in English for me was a, a bit of a challenge because it's not my native language. But I mean, she was making 15k a month. 30k a month and she was not even a native English copywriter she's a killer copywriter if you read her uh her copies she's amazing and and it's crazy how people just because I don't know maybe they think they are like like pretending to be something they're not but yeah I mean just go ahead and try it because you never know what's going to happen like you can try it. I mean the worst case scenario nothing happens you don't get many customers well go find them in your native language so it's the yeah. same um and now uh, just to close because i don't want to keep you for long uh for all the people who are scared of chat gpt what do you have to say do you think it's going to replace us what do you think what are your thoughts about we're all it? fucked we're all fucked just give up now <laughs> no i'm just kidding i'm kidding kidding um 
So I wrote a newsletter on this, but like writers used to have to like print everything out by hand and like do all this stuff. And then the printing press came along and they didn't have to do that. And then now look kind of look at it like they got a new set of roles once the printing press came around, they were doing different stuff. And now like chat GPT, it's like, oh, this has come around and it writes good shit. Like if you put in the right prompts, it writes really well. Um, so now I see it as another shift for writers. It's like, you are not physically writing it. You can, I, I would encourage that too. But a lot of the time you don't have to physically write it, but you do have to understand the principles of writing and what makes for good writing. Because if you don't understand that, it could spit out any piece of writing. You're like, oh, yeah, it's ChatGPT yeah. or whatever. But if you don't understand if that is good or not, then... And how to screwed. use it. And how to use it as well. Because yes, I've seen people exactly. using it terribly. And I see people who know copywriting and who know how to write a good prompt. And you get very different results. Like completely yes. different physically you're not physically writing anymore but you are you have to think you have to understand yeah. writing and the role is a thinker not a writer yeah it doubles your productivity in the end so don't be fucking scared of it use it use it yeah exactly exactly like the the, the best and, analogy and i can free i mean yeah like you straight up <laughs> like it's it's a super powerful tool and one of the, like the the best ways i can relate it to is uh, a composer in, a, in an orchestra like that mm -hmm. that composer he is not playing or she is not playing that music but they are directing it so they're not physically doing it but they mm -hmm. they know they understand what makes for good music and because of that they can create these beautiful harmonies and if something's off they're like oh no we gotta fix that so that's the role of the writer now is they are composing all these instruments together and harmonizing it to create music or the desired yeah. effect or whatever. Yeah, definitely. It all comes down to knowing the, the formulas, what works, what doesn't, how to start a conversation, how to start uh, a copy or how to close a sale, basics of copywriting. And with that, you always talk about the books that you read and people are always asking you what books you would uh, suggest them to read. So my question is not just about copywriting, but I want to know, what were the most life-changing books you've read? I think the most game-changing ones were Awareness by Anthony DeMello uh, because it taught me a lot about self-awareness and just kind of coming more at peace with how I saw the world. Um, that was a great one. Six Pillars of Self-Esteem was great because I was I really I, I identified as someone who was socially anxious and that screwed me in a lot of ways. Just separating myself from that identity. Cash Retising was a great one for copywriting. Writing Tools by Rory Peter Clark was an amazing book on writing. Way of the Superior Man was an amazing book, just kind of like on masculinity and stuff. And Models by Mark Manson, that was a dating book that wasn't like slimy. It was kind of, it was more like a self-improvement dating book. I really love that book. I read it like once a year. Uh, that, was a, that was a great book, just kind of I don't know a lot of a lot about like self acceptance and shit like that. Those are those are the ones. Oh, and meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I don't know what the hell half that shit said. I wasn't smart enough to interpret it, but I, I got the gist of it, and that that really that was <laughs> that was a very useful. It's, book it's a great just, book. It is yeah. a great book. And yeah, I talk talk about uh, Mark Masson. I fucking love the way he writes. It's so compelling. But now that you mentioned that i need to ask you this question because i see that many people ask you on your uh instagram account mostly um dating advice and things like that and something that i see across the board is that successful people or people who have very 
high standards or they want to live an you know an extraordinary life they struggle with finding the right person not just men also women i know both men and women who make a lot of money who travel the world but they still never find the right one why do you think that's the problem and what advice would you give them yeah i think it relates to why it's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs or people in that field to find friends is because there's such a different lifestyle or not many people relate i also think there's a I think with people in business too, like you said, they have high standards of mm. of themselves, and then I think they they also expect that in their their partner. And because when you have that high expectation, well, your dating pool is so much lower. Like I've been single for the past five years, so it's because like, I just haven't like I'm I'm not I'm not looking for a relationship. But like if it's the right one came around, I'm like oh yeah, sure. But um, it's just like I don't know. I just have these. It's such a like a big influence on your life, like who you date. And I think it's yeah. probably one of the most it, important decisions you make. It could be a slippery slope if you don't choose well. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. So, yeah, so and you now, need a, I, I think you should have high standards. Yeah, and also if you are if you are a nomad, it's harder because you have to find someone who can keep up, who wants to travel, who's not scared to follow you, who can also maybe do something similar or different, but like on the road. And I think yeah. that's hard because not many people want that. And I think that another thing that digital nomads have in common is we like our freedom and our alone time so that can be yeah it's it's hard if you think about it like if you put it all together finding someone who respects your personal space who wants to travel who you know lifts you up so you both grow it's hard it's really really hard on both ends so yeah yeah. i think it's worth the wait though yeah definitely Definitely too. Now talk about weight. I do want to ask you something. How do you see your life in like the next year, five years and 10 years from now? If if you could choose, what would you yeah. like it to go to? I, I, this is something I've been working on for a lot the past two months. Um, but I want an, I want to be an education company. So I want to, my, I love creating content and I love teaching different things. So I want to just fully go to that. I mean, I'm pretty much doing that now, but just build, I want to build something like Christo's the future. I, I love what he's built and I want to do something similar where it's prioritized with uh, growing on social media, but then stacking business skills on there. And that is your vessel. That is your opportunity to live the life you want. So I want to learn all these skills, which I am, but I want to be able to break it down in simple ways. Uh, accessible ways for free on YouTube and teach people all these skills so they can start making money. And then once they're making some money, oh, do you want the like streamlined program or whatever to do X, Y, Z, whatever with whatever I'm doing at the time, uh, or they like pay me money and I just go even deeper or like give them that like one-on-one attention or like one-to-many cohort style attention. Uh, So kind of give that free accessible information on social media, YouTube, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And then have them get crazy fucking results from that and then pay me to deliver even more value and get them even crazier results. And then just kind of just focus on that because I, I love teaching. I was going to be a teacher, like I, like I said, in college, but uh, I just became a teacher on Twitter and all that instead. So I just want to continue to do that and just have allow people to live a life of freedom because that is my biggest value. And I, it, it's so fulfilling for me to actually help people do that. So, I love it. Sign yeah. me up, especially for the Twitter. I need help with Twitter. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, I love it. I can love that these people are doing this nowadays because, I mean, it's not that I hate education, but I think the education system is very old and it needs to change because the world is changing yeah. super fast. AI is coming. People need to learn in a different way, I guess. And I think that, yeah, I don't know, the education system anywhere in the world, like I guess, not just in Canada, the US or Argentina, I think anywhere in the world, they train you to be an employee still. And I mean, that's okay. Some people, if some people are happy being an employee, that's amazing. I mean, we need doctors, <laughs> like we need lawyers, but it would be nice to have that factor in. But since it's not, it is good that there's people like you coming out and helping people out because they can forge their own future and they're able to see this because like they see you doing it and they know it's possible. So yeah. yeah. 100%. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm really, really happy to have had this conversation with you. And something I always close with is, uh, is there any question I haven't made, I haven't asked you and you would like to respond to or anything you would want to close the conversation with? Um. Yeah, no question. I mean, like, you had like a lot of thoughtful questions and uh yeah i appreciate you like taking the time to actually uh, research me and not ask the basic questions so it's that was that was cool but yeah i mean i think ending (laughs) it on like just kind of just know that's possible like i remember when i saw someone post like 10k a month i was like oh shit that's crazy and then i saw someone post 50k a month i was like what the hell and then 100k a month and 200k and i started hitting these numbers and i just realized it's like, oh, it's like, this shit's possible. It's, it's it's just, sure, it might take some time and all that, but just like knowing that it's possible because a lot of people, they'll just see shit like that. Like, oh, it's a scam. And it's like, no, like this shit, this shit's, this shit's possible. Like sure, there's a lot of scams out there and all that, but I don't know, just, just kind of unbrainwashing yourself from what you've been conditioned to believe and brainwashing yourself to, to new possibilities. Like it's, you can have anything you want. You just, you just got to, like go out and mm-hmm. have the balls to go go reach for it yeah and trust because like i too i remember when i saw that too i was like no there's no way they're making this this amount of money writing like this has to be a scam you know they want to sell you something and i remember the first time i saw it was uh do you know alexander fasulo do you know her no. oh well she's big on like fiber pro and she 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 makes a ton of money and she talks about freelancing too and writing and so on and so when I became friends with her, I was like, yeah, this is actually true. This is not a lie. Yeah. I mean, and then you yeah. start seeing more and more and more. And then, yeah, there might be people, of course, who maybe lie with the numbers or, you know, pop them up a little bit just to sell. But those are not the majority. basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. guys, look at Dakota. He's doing it. <laughs> well you're one um, fucking away yeah you're one fucking away i love it let's close with that and so before you go where can people find you yeah so my main hangout spot is twitter and it's at wrongs to right w-r-i-t-e and then instagram yo dakota yoda coda whatever you want to spell it <laughs> uh if i dm you asking for money it's a scammer got a lot of impersonators so i'll never ask you for money um but uh yeah those are the main spots perfect and when's the podcast coming out you need a you need a podcast i recorded and 10 episodes good as a, pod- I record, as a podcast. I, 
I recorded 10 episodes, but my editor, I don't know, he like fucked up the files or something. I re- this was like months ago. And I, was, no. I, I have to get them, but uh, I will do a podcast. My main focus is YouTube right now and then, uh, and then do the podcast. But yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Let's hope so. Dakota, it was amazing having you. Thank you. And for everyone listening, go follow him. He's amazing. You want to become a better writer, go follow his Twitter account. You're going to learn. Actually, I've seen some of his tweets. Things that I've read in like uh, courses, copywriting courses, all packed in just one tweet. So that's how much value he shares for free. So go give him a follow. (laughs) And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a follow and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. It helps more than you think for me to keep providing amazing content and bring amazing guests for you. Thank you for listening. See you next time.